0: Our guest is a brilliant mind, an innovator, and a driven force in the construction field. With a passion for project development, she has not only conquered challenges, but also has become a role model for aspiring individuals in STEM.
1: I'm Anna. I'm Alexandria. And this is
0: The Tea in STEM. Today we are joined by Carmen. Carmen, thank you for coming today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay! Okay, so Carmen works as a project manager in a large construction company. Is it safe uh, to say that you work mostly with men?
2: Absolutely. I reflected before coming here, and on my particular job site, it's about 20% women. Um, Throughout the industry, it definitely varies. My company is very, very inclusive of women, but something I've noticed throughout my career is that a lot of women in construction work in office-based roles like accounting, marketing, administration, and even some high-powered roles such as business analytics. But when it comes to actual boots on the ground or people at your job site, the ratio is much, much lower. So when I refer to traditional construction management, the most populated fields are estimating, field supervision, and project management. And within those roles, at my job site right now as well as throughout the rest of my career, I've always been the highest ranking woman which is surprising because I'm really not that high ranking. So it just goes to show that we need more women in, in the field. Uh,
0: what, t- what type of education or degree did you obtain uh, to land the job that you're, you're in now? And what made you want to get into this particular field?
2: So it's a really funny story. I did not start out in construction. I started in civil engineering. But at the university that I went to, civil engineering and construction management were within the same school. And so they shared the same career fair. And it was a two-day career fair where the first day was focused on engineering, the second day was focused on construction. And I got sick for the first day. (laughs) So by the second day, I just really needed a job. And so I went and I lied through my teeth about my passion for construction and building and the built environment, and I got a job. Oh my goodness, that is awesome. (laughs) It shows
1: that sometimes things happen for a reason. You were meant to get sick that day, because now you're in your job.
2: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And... I found a company that I no longer work for, but initially it really aligned with my values and I loved the company culture and I found that it was an environment that I thrived in and what really made me fall in love with construction wasn't the actual physical built structures, it was the blue collar attitude. So there isn't a focus on image or the way you dress. Um, you can cuss. You can speak frankly. You can wear jeans to work. And it feels like your success is more driven by your work ethic mm-hmm. than yes. your education or your pedigree. Yeah, yes. I love that.
1: There's a lot of fields where, it's, you know, who your parents were or what you look like, how mm-hmm. urban of a style you have. Versus just letting people have their own
0: style and their work speak for themselves. It's a lot harder to prove that in some fields. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the job that you're in now, were you hired as a project manager or did you have to advance to that, that degree or that uh, title?
2: I advanced to it. So straight out of college, I, my title was project engineer, which at the company I worked at at the time, that was one step above entry level just because I had interned there for so long. So I started as a project engineer, and I was promoted to assistant project manager, which is what I am now.
0: And what made you stand out against the other competitors in that position?
2: You know, I actually, since I vied for that first internship, I haven't been put in positions where I've been pitted directly against someone else. Um, My job opportunities have actually been relationship-based, and so I'm very grateful for the community that I have that mentors and believes in each other and gives me those opportunities, but I... To my knowledge, I actually haven't been head to head with another candidate.
0: Oh, that's cool. Mm, That's so nice. Yeah. You know It makes me just, just from Mm -hmm. talking about this, like not just, are you a, you know, a woman in your STEM field, but there's not a lot of other women in your field and you're not competing against other men in this position either. Like, I'm not trying to say like, you were just, oh, thank God there's a woman that can work (laughs) in this field. Like, you know, let's just push her advance. Like there wasn't very many people wanting to advance in, in, in what you're doing uh, at all at that
2: state. Like, yeah, I mean, there's, as you know, work in the industry ebbs and flows, there's more or less need for positions, but typically it's not so much that a position opens online and 20 people apply and all come in for an interview. It's more that, A company notices a need and they reach out to people that they know who could fill that, whether it's a woman or a man. So that that seems to be mostly how you get opportunities. Like you're saying, like it's the relationships that you're
0: building and people are like, hey, you'd be a good fit for this. Like we exactly we have a need that develops. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. Um, it seems to me that landing a role as a project manager in this construction company would take some big dick energy. I'm <laughs> going to just say it. Like, it really would. Like, some strong leadership skills. Like, how how did you develop this? Like, fuck yeah, I'm going to come in here and, and bring this energy in and take this on.
2: It's funny you say that. I, I do think I went into my first internship with that energy. I was guns a-blazing, ready to prove everybody wrong. And I think that was key to surviving some internships. But since then, as I've grown in my career, um, I've actually found that the ability to negotiate and empathize with others and know when to prioritize a relationship over being right has actually been a lot more helpful than that energy I thought I needed up front.
1: That's true. Generally speaking, there's many men in high positions that maybe can't give that up. They need to be right. And I'm sure you deal with that every day where they're like, no, I'm right. My company's right. And they don't want to take the blame and being willing to take the blame and just say, sure, you can be right. Whether or not you really are, it'll at least keep us moving forward and keep the business going. Don't we deal with
0: that all the time? Like so many times do we have to face that same situation where it's like, Okay, man, woman, whatever you mm-hmm. are, fine. Just 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 let them have their moment mm-hmm. and just keep the project moving.
2: It's such a small world that is at least as long as you stay locally in Phoenix, you're gonna work with the same people over and over and over. So No matter what amount of money the conflict is over, it's almost never worth it to, you know, to ruin a relationship.
0: Okay, so what are some challenges that you face as a woman in your role that if you were a man that you might not face? As an example, when Alexis and I speak to male site owners, um, we're not taken as seriously until we start talking about numbers. When we tell a woman that's a site om- owner, we're like instantly friends and we collaborate and we like support each other.
2: So first of all, it's unbelievable that it's still that way in your industry too. And, and probably in a lot of other industries um, that you have to prove your capability to be taken seriously. I have felt that within the construction industry, men consciously or subconsciously categorize women into two possibilities and it, they look at them as either what i call bulldogs or mice and so what i mean by that is a bulldog is is someone who's confident but they're also viewed as aggressive loud cutting mm. and Often referred to by some other words I won't say right now. Mm-hmm. And those women, the bulldogs, are respected, even feared, but they aren't liked. No one wants to work with them. And on the other hand, women with a quieter presence are just immediately written off and it's assumed that they're incapable and don't belong in the industry. Now, obviously, I'm generalizing. There's some wonderful men who don't view people that way, but that attitude is persistent enough that it's really tough to find a balance such that you can be liked, but also respected.
1: Do you feel like going into an industry, speaking for myself, there's a difference between what expectations were given at the university level and talking to peers and social media about how women are treated in the corporate world, especially in STEM fields, versus actually an industry. Like I could say that I was probably not taken as seriously in university as a woman versus in the
2: actual industry, I have less problems. It's funny you say that, because I absolutely agree. I thought, you know, I'd seen the social media, mm-hmm. I'd seen the TV shows, and I thought there'd be day to day catcalling and harassment, and no one would take me seriously. Mm-hmm. And I've actually experienced very little of that. Mm-hmm. I have had a few really poignant, hurtful, and even scary experiences. But I've largely actually benefited from being a woman in construction. There are so many organizations and companies right now that are trying to be inclusive, that it's actually given me a lot of opportunities that I may not have had as a man. Um, And it's also fostered really great relationships with other women in my field. Now, with that said, I also have some amazing male mentors who supported me and listened to me and have never viewed me as less than based on my gender. But Mm -hmm. there's such a push to support women right now that it really offsets those other harder parts of the job.
0: Yeah, right. I think that we're in a really good time.
2: Absolutely. We're so lucky. I think 10 years ago, this
0: this opportunity wouldn't have come across for myself at Mm -hmm. all. Even with as much experience as I had 10 years ago, this would not have been acceptable at all.
1: I mean, I can't even say like at the university level, I was told by a professor to change my name because it was too sexual of a name. So I have a very long first name and Mm -hmm. I normally go by a shortened version of it. And I was told by a professor, I'll never be able to get a job because it's a sexual shortened name. Lexi is not sexual and then in conferences and stuff Anna will refer to me or someone else will refer to me as Lexi and everyone's like oh I didn't know you go by that that's a really pretty name why don't you go by it and I'm like why don't I go by it? that's what I've been called since the day I was (laughs) born why am I changing my name right because some professor told me something that was probably inappropriate and it's not actually what it's like and there's all these young girls getting told things by professors or by outdated social medias or things like that and then it's not like that, and they're afraid to enter the field.
0: When I first met you, um, we, we had a very long conversation about choosing your name coming into research, mm-hmm. and and you said that you were told that you needed to go by your professional name, which was Alexandria, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, from this point forward, once you sign that first document, this is how you shall forever be signing your name. So if this is what you want to go with, just know that you are signing, you know, hundreds of papers weekly. Like, are you sure you this is what you want to do? And you're like, absolutely, hundred percent. My my teacher told me this is what I have to do. And as we've grown in our mm-hmm. roles, and it was at the last conference we went to, you were introduced to a sponsor by a friend of ours, and you were like, Hi, I'm I'm Alexandria. And he's like, No, what's your name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and you're like. Alexandria? <laughs> I think some of it takes when
1: you're young, it's really hard to advocate for yourself. Absolutely, And it takes a while. Like, Carmen, you've been in your industry for a few years now. I'm sure you have an easier time advocating for yourself now than you did at entry level because you had to prove your work to prove who you were, whether or not you're a man or a woman, and then you can start advocating for whatever that is.
2: Absolutely. and And you don't know what the challenges are going to be until you get there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, one of the funnier experiences I had was... Before my very first day of work, um I hadn't interviewed in the actual office that I was going to be working in, so I hadn't seen what people wore. And so I emailed my soon to be boss and I was like, "Hey, what is the dress code?" And he forwarded my email to the only woman in the office <laughs> who says, uh, "I wear a dress and heels every day, but you don't have to." In fact, it would probably be weird if you did in your role. So where would you want?" And I was like, "Oh no, that tells me nothing." And so, I scrutinized my day one outfit for weeks and weeks until I got mm-hmm. there, and I showed up so professional, and not one of those guys ever looked at what I was wearing. They right. didn't care. They didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know if that mattered until I got there and found mm-hmm. out that it didn't, and I, I can, to an extent, wear what I want. Mm. That
1: is
0: the best story
1: ever. That is ever. so funny. Oh, my <gasps> goodness. And it's so true, too, because even in personal lives, you ask a guy, what's the dress code? They're like, I don't know. I don't
0: know. Just
1: wear clothes. And you're like, okay, but am I supposed to wear a dress? Is it jeans kind of mm-hmm. situation? Yeah. And then I'm like, just give me one of their girlfriend's numbers so
0: I can ask what they're wearing. So exactly. I get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's like, I don't know, just be comfortable. And we
1: yeah. talked about this with guys at conferences when they packed for, we had a gala, and we had to pack two freaking suitcases. Two suitcases. Of all the day outfits, plus the nighttime stuff, plus the gala outfits, and the guys were like, yeah, I brought two different colored slacks and, like, four t-shirts, and, like, a yeah. dress coat that I put over the t-shirts to make it a gala outfit. So
0: you're telling me oh, you brought a duffel
1: bag. <laughs> yeah.
0: So much easier. I'm oh, my like, oh. gosh. <sighs> Absolutely. Um, Carmen, uh, do you have any advice for any women who are interested in obtaining a position in a male-dominated role who might be intimidated by the fact that it's a male-dominated role?
2: Absolutely. I, I have two pieces of advice, and the first one is just be yourself. Don't worry about the bulldogs and mice. Don't try to compensate by being extra confident or extra loud. And likewise, don't be afraid to speak your mind and share your opinions. Just be yourself, believe in yourself, and find people who are looking for someone with your unique skill set and abilities. You Unfortunately, you really aren't going to change people's minds, so find people who are already willing to support you. And secondly, and more importantly, support other women. I can't stress enough that they're not your competitors. They're your community. Um, So if you see another woman being steamrolled in a meeting, ask their opinion, give them a chance to speak, support their ideas, speak up when you hear someone talking negatively about women, whether it's in or outside of work, don't say self-deprecating jokes. Don't bring yourself down and, you know, find other women in similar roles, befriend them, share your stories, be there for each other. If we want men to support and respect us, we have to start by supporting and respecting each other. I don't think
0: there's anything we can close
2: any no, better than that. That was
1: perfect. Thank you, Carmen. Thank and you I hope so that much. your words are an inspiration to those that might be afraid to enter into the STEM field and think they're not enough.
2: Thank you so much for having me here. Aww. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Till next time.